Does it feel like your students are always fighting and they aren't behaving for other teachers? No matter what you do, they always need you to help solve a problem. What if I told you that your students are always helping each other and taking each other, taking care of each other, and your classroom was just the most positive classroom in the school? But Helena, how do I get there? Is that class a thing? Is that a real thing? Yes, it is. I'm here to show you how, so stick around because I'm going to talk about how you can achieve just that. Hey, Teacher Bestie. My name's Helena, and I'm the creator of the Present Teacher Podcast. I'm a first-year teacher coach, and in this podcast, you are going to learn everything from simple, actionable classroom management, social learning, and teacher wellness strategies. You know that impact you want to make in the classroom? Well, we're going to make it happen here. Step number one, establish rules and boundaries early on. Now, without going too deep into this, because I did in a previous episode, but when you do this at the beginning of the year or now, you are going to want to have your students create rules with you. Help them buy in by having them sign or come up with the rules, and this will help create ownership of their learning and help them stay accountable and remind them, hey, remember, we all agree that this would be rule number three, and the expectation is blank. So that is step number one. Step number two, foster those positive relationships. Have you ever walked into a place and you can just tell that the mood and the vibe is just happy and calm? Well, the same goes for your classroom. You can tell the mood of your classroom just based on how you interact with your students. So let's make sure it's a good vibe. You might be wondering, how do I do that? Well, here's a couple ways to achieve that. The first one being get to know your students one-on-one. Ask or compliment them in the morning. I love to greet my kids at the door because it gives me that visual cue that I can see. Are they having a, a good day? Is their morning okay? Are they having a hard morning? Are they going to need some extra love? The second thing is have a meal with them. I love my quiet time as an introverted teacher. However, on Fridays, I love to pick four or five, depending, you know, the size of your class, but I like to pick a few students and have a meal with them and ask them about their family, ask them about their dog, learn about their interests, because what happens is, is when you take time to learn about your kids and you remember those things and you bring it up later, they just, oh my gosh, they just explode that you care enough about them to know the little things. So trust me and that and it'll make you fall in love with them even more. But take some time to have a meal with them and ask those questions. Show that you care and take interest in their personal life. This year, I really made an attempt to go to the baseball games, to go to the soccer games, to go to the ballet because it's important for my kids to know that I have their back and I'm there for them. So this is a great way to foster those positive relationships. And I've said this before, a student won't learn from a teacher they don't like. And I'm not saying you're going to be able to reach every kid and not every kid's going to like you and that's okay. But your kids are going to learn to love you if you tell them more about you. I know that's not what you probably thought I was going to say, but 
Talk about your own interests. I don't know why, but my first year, I think there was like a veteran told me that, you know, you shouldn't say anything about your life to your kids. Now, I'm not saying tell them about all your problems and everything personal, but I like to share about my dogs, Koda and Kenai from Brother Bear. My kids love that. They love asking me and they call, call them my, my sons. Like, share about your personal life because kids will remember you and learn to like you if you have something in common. The same goes for this podcast. If I never told you anything personal about myself or anything of my like or interests, you wouldn't be listening to me because we would have nothing in common. So there's that. Step number three, practice active listening. So you're going to want to model what this looks like and show what it looks like and sounds like. And the biggest thing that I have made myself do is to preach what I say and do the same. So I talk about active listening as respecting another person and showing that you are hearing them and listening to the words they have to say and you are holding space for them and you are actively presently in the moment listening to them. So we talk about what body language looks like, what our mind's doing, what our voices are doing, Um, you can do a visual poster, but this is something I cover at the very beginning of class. If you haven't done this yet, that's okay. We can practice now. But we come up with a saying, like, track the speaker, still hands, listening ears, voices off, sitting still, do your best, caring heart. Obviously, I have that memorized, but we go over it almost every single time at carpet time, and then I point out kids that are actively listening, and then... I model by doing it when my kids are talking to me. Now, if my kids, because, you know, I love them, they come up to me and they have something really exciting to say, but I have an adult slash teacher thing to do, and I can't give them my full attention, I will tell them. So-and-so, I would love to listen to you right now. However, I need to finish this task. Then I would love to actively listen to you. And they, they've learned to wait. And then after I'm done, I turn my body. I practice what I preach. I turn my body. I cross my hands. And I show them that I'm listening. And your kids will respect you for doing that. It's that mutual respect. And again, I like to point out other students who are practicing actively listening to their friends when the rest of us need a couple reminders. So if you have a moment where your kids are really chatty at the carpet, I might say, oh, I love how so-and-so is actively listening by sitting crisscross applesauce. I love how so-and-so is actively listening by tracking the speaker, still hands, going through the whole poster activity you did earlier and having it up somewhere helps, but model what you preach and point out people who are doing a great job. And if you're using the super improver wall like I am, then this is a great time for a sticker, but beside the point. So practice active listening. Step number four, create a safe space for sharing and expressing emotions. I don't want students, and I'm pretty sure you're the same way because we're, we think a lot alike, but I don't want students to feel like there are any silly questions. All thoughts, opinions, and emotions are valid, and I may not agree with you, but I do respect you enough to listen, hold space, and validate. So model what that looks like. How can I express this? You can talk about what does that look like, sound like, when you're sharing and expressing your emotions. How can I express that I'm mad? 
Instead of throwing something across the floor, I can take a calming breath and say, I'm mad right now. How can I listen to others to make them feel validated? Kids want to help each other, but sometimes they just don't know how, and you have to model that. What does that look like and sound like? You can do this during circle time, morning meeting, afternoon meeting. You can talk about a friend who's upset, and what do I do as a good friend to show that I see them, I hear them, and I want to validate their feelings. You could, you know, go through the thank you because the last thing I would want you to do is, I'm sorry you're feeling that way. What can I do to make it better? All those are super important. Your kids want to help. They want to thrive. They want to grow. Modeling that for each other is huge. Step number five, collaborate and teamwork. So I have a fun story about this. So During the first week of school, I noticed that these kids in particular had a hard time with collaborating and teamwork. So what I did is we played the cup game. So the cup game isn't the cup song from my childhood. I got my ticket from the long way around. I know, I'll let her sing it, but I love that song. Anyways, it's not that one. It's cup stacking. So I separated my class into teams and I had them sit, you know, in their groups. And when I said go, they had to stack the highest tower of cups on top of each other. What would happen was whenever my kids accidentally knocked over the tower of cups, they would start yelling at each other and getting angry and not regulating their emotions. What would happen was because they were being not the nicest friend to each other, the cups would keep falling down. So after we went through this exercise once, I, you know, there were some tears, it was a little frustrating, but I had everyone sit down and calm down. And I just had my kids, let my kids talk. What did you notice about the cup game? What did you notice about your teammates? How did they make you feel? What did you like? What did you didn't like? What did you notice about the cups whenever your teammates were doing that? And light bulbs, absolute light bulbs. They were like, you know what? I'll never forget one of my little boys. He's like, I dropped the tower or the tower fell because so-and-so was yelling at me and didn't make me feel good. So I accidentally bumped the other cups. And we talked about how we expanded on how, how we treat each other is how our cups are. And our cups represent our emotions and how our teammates are, are working together. When we work well as a team, our tower is super high. We're steady as a team. We're praising each other. We're supporting each other, and it's tall. But when we are tearing each other down and getting mad and frustrated and taking it out on each other, the cups fall. And this was huge, huge. And so we did it a second time. We talked about strategy and what they could do next time and what they wanted to do better. And so we did it a second time, and those towers were so much taller and it was so much more positive in the class. So now I love to go back every once in a while and remind them of the cup game and we play the cup game. Whenever we kind of forget what good teamwork and collaboration means because otherwise our cups are falling. So my point is it's important to model what good teamwork looks like. What does it sound like? Um, how can we be good, supportive team members so our cups are tall and high and not falling? How can we make sure that our team is the best cup stacker in the class? 
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this helpful and I'm so excited to hear about you implementing the strategies you learned from this week's episode. Remember, I am always here from you for you, cheering you on. I am your biggest fan. I would love if you could tag me and show me that you are listening to this podcast by taking a screenshot and either sending it to me or adding it to your stories and tagging me at the present teacher on Instagram. I love seeing all the amazing educators around the world listening in. Remember that we are stronger together. Take care, teacher bestie. Until next week, love, Helena. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I hope that you were able to take away some value that will help you thrive inside and out of the classroom. It would mean the world to me if you could take five seconds right now and leave a review on this podcast. And if you found this podcast especially helpful, make sure to take a screenshot of this episode right now and tag me on your socials to let me know you're listening. As always, remember that we are stronger together with all the love in the world, Helena, aka the present. See you next time, teacher bestie.